0: Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me so that when I speak a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak.
1: One prayer concern that I neglected to lift before you that I will add to our prayer concerns. Uh, Reverend Dr. Suzanne Webb uh, died a week ago Friday. Uh, You may have known her or known of her uh, when she served as an interim regional minister for the Ohio region. I knew her as a colleague and friend when we served together on the Ministry Committee for the Illinois-Wisconsin region. Uh, She's served the National Benevolent Association and the National Council of Churches and she was a good and loving person and friend so uh, if you knew her be aware that she passed away a week ago Friday. If you didn't know her um, you can still take the affirmation and endorsement of who she was as being a good vessel for God's church. You have heard the reading of one of the most popular preaching passages in the Bible. Uh, I can't imagine that there are many preachers who have never preached about the whole armor of God. Uh, It's easy preaching, it's inspiring Reading and so every preacher would find, it, find the occasion to preach that to be uh, a high and a holy opportunity to lift up the writings of Paul at his best. The whole armor of God, it's a popular sermon topic, it's the source of many books, of many workshops and training events, It's the ways that folks put together some of their membership challenges and intentions. Uh, Their teaching about spiritual formation, their exploring of leadership in the church, and their request for commitment from their members. Put on the whole armor of God, cover it all, run the whole gamut. It's a framework for devotionals. A text that seems to inspire everyone, and yet, today, I need more. I'm apologetic to Paul and to God's church to suggest that anything about this passage could be inadequate. And in fact, I don't believe it is in itself inadequate, Paul wrote a great passage here. Paul expressed some great and important thoughts here. I'm not bickering with Paul. I believe that the concern I have is clearly present, what probably was not present when Paul wrote this. The present concern is what brings me to this sermon. The text itself is not the problem. My message is prayerfully intended to reflect and to draw on the content and the purpose of the text as Paul wrote it. Paul, in writing this, sought to guide people towards a comprehensive faith and a balanced understanding a balanced perspective of who God is and what the church is called to be. On this day, my observation is we're out of balance and it's not Paul's fault. It's not the fault of the text. As the world that we live in thinks and behaves, the balance that Paul sought would not be the product of this text, because this text is more militaristic and combative than it would have been observed when Paul wrote it. Paul wrote it to some folks in the Roman Empire who were people that sought peace and understanding before conflict and warfare. Now I am not a pacifist or a conscientious objector. This is not about military is bad and not military is good. This is about some people, a culture, a nation, and even a world that have come to the point where our favorite word is fight. We fight for peace, we fight for justice. We fight for our children. We fight for our rights. We fight, when cheerleaders go on the field, they lead the crowd in their fight zone. We fight in the results of our sports and we even fight in church. At one point I talked to a friend who was a United Methodist pastor who was seeking to become a bishop. And he let me know that a lot of folks had considered becoming bishops, but chose not to do the fundraising and the campaigning. Uh, More than $90,000 he had budgeted to seek to become a bishop. And so we fight. You folk fight. I've heard about some of your fights even before I got here. Some of you were looking too innocent just then. (laughs) We fight about everything and there never was a problem with fighting. Fighting is a part of life and we ought to fight sometimes but we've reached a point where even a weather report can be controversial. We fight too much and as such the words of this text need some embellishing. The words about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, we would dress ourselves for war based upon that text and based upon the way we think and behave in this day. Strangely, I find some redemption in some folks who I haven't been getting along with well, and that's the technological people. I've been mad with technological people for years on end, Uh, They come in the middle of the night and update my computer. They, They sneak in and somehow get hold of my telephone and add upgrades to my telephone. They keep installing updates in my property and then letting me know that they've been there. And so I've not been getting along with these technology people, but our hope for this text resides with the technology people we've got to install some updates. A good text, a wonderful text, that finds us in a moment where we're not thinking and behaving as wonderful believers, so we want to take nothing out of the text, but we will achieve balance by adding some updates. We're gonna install some updates to the text. In addition to all of those other instruments, I suggest you put on the earphones of attentiveness. Will that fit in there? The earphones of attentiveness. We stopped using our ears years ago for any purpose but to hold our glasses on. Put on your earphones of attentiveness. And Paul gave us a pass on shoes. He said put on whatever shoes will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. I want to draw it in a little tighter and I suggest to you that you wear the the shoes of understanding. You remember the proverb, you need to walk a mile in my sandals? Put on those sandals, put on those shoes, put on the footwear that the people you've been at war with or criticizing, put on their shoes and understand them, wear the shoes of understanding. And then you ought to put on the spectacles of clarity. It is nearly fictional what we have been hearing from journalists and news reporters and politicians and preachers. And it really doesn't matter much because we are not seeking clarity, we're not seeking factual understandings of things. So we need to zoom in, put on the spectacles of clarity and understand whatever you claim to understand with greater detail and clarity. Then you ought to wear the robes of devotion from time to time. Now, this compares to what I've done in some places with my clergy robe. There have been some places where I went and preached in the heat of the summer with my robe on, and people came to me and they said, you don't need to wear that robe. And I said, no, but you need for me to wear the robe. Some churches have gotten so far away from understanding themselves and what they do to be holy that sometimes we need to wear the robes of devotion or whatever else prompts people to understand what we're doing right now is not ordinary. Wear the robe of devotion. And then put on the gloves of diligent effort. The gloves of diligent effort, much of what we criticize about each other is rooted in what we think other folk ought to be doing. Not many of us brag anymore about what we're doing. We don't have time when we get through critiquing others' work. Put on the gloves of diligent work and get some things done. If any of you wakened this morning in a world that did not have work to do i don't know how to describe that fantasy maybe put on the gloves of diligent work most of us instead of bringing a report to a board meeting or calling city hall can look and see a problem and bring a solution do some of the work that god has Left for us to do, has blessed us with. You're not punished by having work to do, you are rewarded and blessed to be able to serve in God's service. We all ought to get up each day and wear the uniform of connection. We have found ways of disconnecting from every person on the planet. Too old, too young, too short, too tall, too fat, too thin, too black, too white. We have found ways of disconnecting from everyone, and that's all right for routine maintenance, but put the thing back together when you get through. Put on the uniform of connection. Now, when we can accept and install these few updates, to this wonderful text. We will laugh again. It's almost against the law to laugh these days. We will listen again. Do you remember when you paid some kind of attention when you saw someone's lips moving? We will seek common good. We will rediscover the word and the behavior called respect. We will regain our balance. Finally, when we install our updates, we will love again.